Praise the Lord. We're going to look at overcoming stress. The subtitle is, Y'all on my last nerve, and I'm about to lose it. Or another subtitle is, <laughs> Y'all about to make me cut somebody. <laughs> Amen. Stress, stress, stress. We all deal with it. Amen. But it's how we deal with it. So anyway, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 11. And it reads, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we praise and thank you, Father, for your word. And we just give you the glory and honor, Father, that your word is health to all of our flesh. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that as we would study the topic of overcoming stress today, Father, that you would give us peace, you would give us wisdom, you would give us guidance. Father, in the areas in which we have not uh, handled stress effectively or we have allowed it to control our conduct being exhibited in an ungodly fashion. We praise you today, Father, um, that you gave us the capability to repent of anything we may have done as a result of stress. And we just thank you right now that as you would speak to our hearts, Father, regarding this subject, Lord, you would mold us, you would refine us, you would mature us, Father, to handle it according to your word. And we just thank you, praise you, Father, for it, Father, not only to bless us, enable us to walk in peace and in a, in a manner of, of conduct that stress would not overwhelm us physically, but also give us the capability to help alleviate stress, even as your word and our precious Savior has eliminated the weight of all the trials and tribulations that we've dealt with in life. And we just praise and thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Overcoming stress. Now, we see in our text scripture... Uh, several key words. It says we are troubled on every side. That word troubled means to be crowded, afflicted, or suffering tribulation. <laughs> so we've all been in situations where we seem, it seems like things are squeezing us, you know, crowding into us, taking over territory that we may have feel or felt that we have already gained and trying to steal things away from us. We felt afflicted from time to time. Why is everybody picking on me? Why is the enemy targeting me? Why am I always going through crises after crisis after crisis? Why is always everybody picking on me? We feel that way sometimes. Um, it says here that even though we are troubled on every side, if we're doing it according to the word of God, it says, yet not distressed. That word distress means to be hemmed in closely or cramped. So in other words, you may be crowded on every side with adversaries. There might be things trying to afflict you day and night. But if you're in the presence of God and you're allowing the word of God to permeate your heart and mind, amen, it says that even though you may feel afflicted and it may be continual, you still don't feel like you're cramped and the life is being sucked out of you or squeezed out of you. The next thing he talks about we are perplexed. The word perplexed is actually, you know, it may seem like a word meaning puzzled, but the word perplexed here in underlying Greek means to have no way out. No way out. To be at a loss mentally. To stand in doubt. So there are circumstances in life where you say, I'm so boxed in, I just can't see any way out of this situation. My goose is cooked. The party's over. I'm not getting out of this one. So that feeling may come to us. Amen. Even to be at a loss mentally. I can't think or fathom a way that I can get out of this circumstance. I'm in so deep. But we see here that even though you may feel that way emotionally, mentally, 
the Word of God says if you do it according to the Word of God, you might be troubled or afflicted. You might be perplexed or feel that you have no way out. But it says you're not in despair. In other words, you're, you're, you're not utterly at a loss. Amen? So boxed in, so devastated that you feel that I'm utterly at a loss, and now I'm despondent. I'm defeated. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I'm devastated because life has afflicted me so bad that I might as well just lay over and die. There's no help in sight for me. Amen. But the word here says that you may feel there's no way out, but you should never allow yourself to be utterly at a loss and to be despondent. Amen. Then it talks about there's things that are going to be happening in our lives. Amen. Persecution. Cast down, but it says that they do not, we do not feel dis- forsaken, we do not feel destroyed. And it says that if anything, going through various trials and tribulations enables us to bear about in the body the dying of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That word or that phrase, bearing about, means to transport hither and thither. To transport hither and thither. So, y'all don't know about that. Back in the day, we used to be down in a farm in North Carolina, and he said, oh, well, where's so-and-so? Over yonder. Over thither. You know, it's kind of the phrases that people said back in the day. So when they're saying hither and thither, it's basically saying here or there. <laughs> Amen. Hither or thither. Here or there. Over yonder. So it basically says, you're transporting the body of Jesus Christ with you wherever you're going. If you're standing here, the body of Jesus and the affliction you're going through are similar to the types of afflictions and trials and tribulations that Jesus went through. If you're over there, thither, you're bearing about some of the same types of things that he went through. And if anything, is it enable us to associate or to understand the greatness of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ did for each one of us, amen? If we go through suffering, you say, hey, this is just a small-scale taste of what Jesus went through, but yet I could do it with the same character and conduct of Jesus Christ, then we appreciate him even more that he not only took every affliction and took on the sins of mankind, but he did it all and did it perfectly. Wow, what a great Savior we serve, amen? Hallelujah. So bearing about the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, We deal with stress on a daily basis. But I have a question to ask. Why does stress stress us out? (laughs) Why does stress stress you out? Think about it. It's not just the problems, the trials, the tribulations, what you deal with that stress you out. But as you think about the things that stress you out, they stress you out even further. Amen? So why does stress stress us out? Romans chapter 8 gives us one of the answers that we need about this. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6, it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That word flesh as well as the word carnally come from the same Greek word. And it's basically saying uh, that when it talks about being after the flesh, it says being after or associated with or exhibiting the behavior of the human nature with its physical or moral, mortal frailties and passions. Amen? I'll say it again. When you're operating according to the flesh or you're carnally minded, It's basically saying that you're associating yourself, perceiving things according to, and exhibiting the behavior of the human nature with its physical or mortal frailties and passions. And we see here that if you are after the flesh, or you allow yourself to be controlled by your human nature with all its physical, mortal, and I'll even say emotional frailties and passions, it says if you mind those things, that you're going to basically suffer the consequences or the things that are associated with the things of the flesh. And we see in verse 6 exactly what being mindful of the things of the flesh does. It says to be carnally minded is death. Amen? And it may not be a physical, literal death, but if you allow your mind to be focused on, to retain, to 
to dwell upon, to meditate upon, to sift about, to filter through, to keep pondering and imagining and all these different things. It basically says that for you to do that process as opposed to allowing your mind to go over to the word of God and process those things, it says for you to be grounded in the things of the flesh, it produces death. So you may not have a physical, literal death, but you have a death mentality in how you conduct yourself, perceive things, speak, and behave yourself on a daily basis. Your heart might be beating, but you're a dead person walking. Why? Because this troubles me. This worries me. This hurts me. This makes me bitter. This overwhelms me. This discourages me. See, that's death. Because what does Jesus Christ say? To be spiritually minded is what? Life, vibrancy, vigor, strength, feeling nourished, and peace. So that's the question we have to ask ourselves. Are we walking around with a mindset of life and peace? Or are we walking around, oh, Lord, what if this happens? Oh, they're after me. God, not again. You see, what is the mentality? Because if we're walking around with that, we are minding the things of the flesh. Permitting our minds to focus on our frailties. That's another thing. Focusing on, oh, woe is me. I screwed up again. Why is this always happening to me? Man, I, I just can't get my act together. Focusing on your frailties produces death. Amen? And sometimes we not only focus on our own frailties, our weaknesses, our character flaws, the chinks in our armor, the things that hurt and wound us or pour salt into our wound. We focus on all these different things, but also we focus on the harm that can be subjected to us. And all these things, as we gravitate to them, as we focus on them, as we obsess over them, as we ruminate in them, as we stew in them, these things place us into a mindset that is conducive for not life and peace, but anxiety and all of its related influences. Amen? So we look at one bad thing, then we envision another bad thing, and then we worry about the bad thing that's never happened in our life but could happen, and then we calculate in our minds and we create and imagine these things and the next thing you know we not only take a bad situation or a bad possibility but we grow it into this world war three nuclear scenario where we're just going to be destroyed and then we live out the fantasy of those negative things and we walk around on a daily basis instead of being full of life and peace we're walking around like always feeling like there's a target on our backs Always feeling like we're one mistake ready to happen. Walking around maybe with a chip on our shoulder, feeling like we got to protect ourselves because who's going to be the next person that's going to dog me out? Amen? So, like I said, if you don't handle stress the right way, if you allow yourself to mind the things of the flesh, you can actually make the situation worse, and your stress can cause you to stress yourself out even further. Now, I've said a thousand times over, amen, y'all have heard that, a thousand times over, the fact that if we mind the things of the flesh and all the negativity and all the woulda, coulda, shoulda stuff that can happen in our lives, it just makes things worse. And in your body, your physical human body, amen, you can secrete various things that make your body toxic. You can kill yourself. You won't have to worry about the enemy killing you. You don't have to worry about those people getting you back or doing you wrong or undermining you and doing stuff like that. All these different things you can imagine to you. Before they even get to you, you could be all crinkled up, rumpled up, arthritic and high blood pressure and stroke and heart attack away. And you may have done it to yourself. Amen. Because of all the things you can imagine in your mind that can happen. And when you multiply that by our mistakes and then the stuff that they actually do. Amen. It doesn't take the enemy a lot to take us out. A lot of times we're doing it to ourselves. Amen. So stress can stress us out, and we have to make sure 
that we're not the cause of our own downfall. Now, one thing you have to realize, I don't want anybody to feel bad because you felt stress. We're all going to feel stress from, from time to time. Matter of fact, sometimes we need stress. Because if you never deal with stress, you've never deal with any kind of hardship or anything that resists you, you find out it, it softens you, it makes you weak. So there's a certain amount of resistance in your life that is good to motivate you, to light a fire up under you from time to time, to keep you going. But there's a difference between stress here and there that builds you up and strengthens you and stress as a lifestyle. Especially if it's something that you're imagining in your mind that is not even your, rela- your reality. So I don't want you to think, oh, he's telling me that I can never feel stress, and if I do, I'm in sin or I'm a weak Christian. No, we're all going to feel stress. But what I'm saying to you is that all of us get stressed at times, but stress shouldn't be your lifestyle. It should not be your lifestyle. We're going to read Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will, jo- I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my string instruments. All right, so we see here, pretty bad situation. <laughs> Looked at the fig trees. I'm going to them trying to get some figs. I'm hungry. Wow, they didn't even blossom this year. Okay, wow, that's bad, but I did, you know, have a flock of sheep. So I go check out the sheep. My sheep are all cut off. People stole them or the wolves got them. (laughs) Wow, that's even worse. Let's look at the fruit of the vines. They dried up. Okay, well, maybe my olives, you know, were fervent, you know, good, so I can not only eat some olives, but maybe I can sell the oil from them. Go check out the olives. Nothing there. Phew, man. All right, but I did save some stuff for a rainy day. Go, let me go check over my barns. Go over to the barns. Wow, there's no horses in the stalls, and all the stuff in my barns is gone too. So what do I do? Do I let it destroy me? He says here in verse 18, no. Even though every resource surrounded me is gone, and all the things that I trusted in have withered or been stolen or are absent, He says, even though all the things that should be there to nourish me and sustain me are totally gone, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So many of us will endure some form of physical, I'm sorry, spiritual, emotional, physical, or financial drought at some point in our lives. But the question is, do we murmur or complain about it, or do we thank God for his love, faithfulness, as well as the tremendous blessing that we have to live another day, amen, to see victory over these trials that we're looking at, amen? Just the fact that you're breathing means that you're victorious, even if there's no sheep out in the fold, even if there's no herd in the stalls, even if all the fruit trees you put out there or the vines are totally dried up. Just the fact that your heart is still going and your lungs are still going in and out with oxygen. Amen. It's a day of victory because God has sustained you to live another hour. And it's just how we look at it. Amen. So do we murmur and complain about the things that are dried up in our drought circumstances? Or do we thank God for his love, faithfulness? Do we thank him for the fact that he promises to provide us strength. And the fact that as we see here, he makes my feet like hind's feet. If you're aware of hind's feet, I mean, they could be up on a steep slope, a mountain. I mean, you ever see mountain goats? It's amazing. Sometimes these things are on an incline that's almost vertical, and they're just standing there for hours, munching on a, a leaf or something like that. And you're like, 
Don't they realize that they could fall to their death if they make one false move? And yet that goat is just chilling. Because there's something about the hind's feet that just locks in, amen, where they won't budge, even though the incline might, be, might seem to be too steep and that they'll fall to their deaths. God says, I will stabilize you and make your feet like hind's feet. So the life situation you're dealing with right now might be extremely stressful, but God says, I can stabilize you. I can keep you standing firm. It doesn't matter how big a hill you need to climb or how great the mountain is that you're dealing with. If you trust in me, and most of all, if you rejoice in the Lord and find joy in the God of your salvation, God says this is what he'll do to turn your situation around. So we have to ask ourselves, have I murmured and complained because I'm in the drought? Or have I continued to trust God? And not only trust God, do I find joy in God. Amen? Am I finding joy in my circumstances? Am I praising him? We see here that the writer of Habakkuk not only talked about this and had this heart, but it says, to the chief singer on my string instruments. He was writing a song about it. Took a step further. I'm not going to just say the thing. I'm going to write a song. So I'm giving this message to the chief singer on my string instruments. Make a song out of this. Yeah, these things are gone. Yes, that's dried up. I'm going to join him, and let's do a little song about it to praise him even in the midst of the drought. I like the fact that it says here, he will make me to, mo- to walk upon mine high places. Do you realize that you have personal high places? It didn't say, I'm going to make you just walk, but it'll make you walk upon mine High places. God has a place where he wants to elevate you, stabilize you, and keep you elevated in the midst of your circumstances. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, next thing we're going to look at is the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Has thou not known? Has thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall, shall walk and not faint. Two questions that are posed here in the beginning of this passage. Has thou not known? I think that's a rhetorical question. Has thou not heard? Another rhetorical question. And the thing is, we'll all say, yeah, yeah, I know about God. Yeah, I've been serving God for 20 years. I know God. Well, it's easy to know God in your good times where everything's going great to profess him and how great he is and how wonderful he is. And he's all that in a bag of chips. And I just love God. And me and God are just one-on-one homies. And, hey, we just got it like that. It's quite another thing to have that mindset during good times and to have that mindset when you're going through the worst days of your life. Is God just as good? Is God just as close? You know, and we know from Jesus and other people that gave parables. It's one thing to audibly hear. It's quite another thing to hear it and understand it and live according to what you heard. So, yes, we can say here, has thou not known? I know about God. Has thou not heard? Well, the proof is in the pudding. How are you handling your stress? How are you handling your trials and tribulations? It's easy to say you know and you heard about God. It's quite another thing to live the God that you supposedly know and have heard about during your trials and tribulations. That's quite another thing. See, that, that determines where you're at spiritually. You know, it, it, it shows where you're at in terms of your faith. It's one thing to talk the game during good times. We can all lift our hands up and praise God and, like I said, just pour out the praises of God and who he is and how wonderful he is and how he's so trustworthy. He's so faithful. Oh, he's a healer. He's this. It's quite another thing when you've got cancer in your body to see if God's a healer. That's a personal warfare. That's a personal test. And how are we handling the test 
of life circumstances when they come through and they're difficult? How do we handle them? Do we still praise God just as much? Do we trust him as much? Are we as faithful in our commitment to God during the down times as we are during the times of plenty? That's the true test of things. Amen? So if we trust God through our adversity, he will strengthen us. I mean, he is promising us that through his word. He's going to strengthen us to endure. And as it talks here about mounting up with wings as eagles. We're not going to sprout wings all of a sudden, but God is basically telling us that not only will I strengthen you and give you endurance, but I'll elevate you in terms of your perspective of things. Instead of you just looking at things according to the natural and according to flesh, and these people are doing that, and those people are doing that, and the economy is this, we're about to go to war with them, and the politicians are this and that. Instead, God will elevate you to the place, spiritually and emotionally, where despite all the things that people are doing below, you look down from God's perspective and say, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because God's got this. And if God's got this, I ain't going to sit here and drive myself nuts and put myself in the early grave or the hospital because I'm stressed out and killing myself through my anxiety. I'm not telling you anything I haven't lived. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm not telling you anything I haven't lived. I've been through a lot of stress over the last few months just at my current job, let alone over and over the years. Amen? But at the end of the day, I finally got to the point where, you know what, whether I'm there or not, whether I'm in good graces or I get fired, God's got me. So if you love me, you appreciate me, I keep working, praise God. If you come in one day and angry, fire me, on to my next job. God's got me. I ain't going to sit there stressing myself out anymore over a bunch of nonsense. You know, we're going around daily, 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 looking at the current daily thing that in the light of eternity doesn't even matter. Amen? 50 years from now, they ain't going to care that I work in Cherry Hill. Ten years from now, I probably, five years from now, I may not care that I work there. I may have moved on to something else. I could be gone next year. We just don't know. I mean, we sit here focusing and stressing about the now, that in the light of the major things that God has for our lives and eternity itself are just so small. None of us knows what we'll be doing next year. Amen? Whether we'll be working where we're working, whether we'll be alive, we don't know. I'm praising God and believing that we will be, but we just don't know. So why are we killing ourselves, stressing out over what may not even be something that's relevant to our lives six months to a year from now, let alone five or ten? Amen? So we just got to put things in perspective, and like I said, trust in God and say, regardless of what I'm going through, I'm going to focus on him more than I am the trials and tribulations and the difficulties of people. I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to focus on him, and he will elevate me. He will sustain me. He will give me strength, amen, to endure all the things that may be go- I may be going through. Hallelujah. Whether they're fair or not, God will strengthen me. He will empower me, and he will not permit anything to destroy me because he's a sustaining God, amen, even in the times I'm weary. And that's a key thing. We see here, even the youths shall get faint and be weary. None of us are that strong that we can continually sustain ourselves. Amen? I'm highly energetic. You know, I'm a night owl. I can work, you know, crazy hours. I can do 24 hours, take a cat nap and go the next day. But everybody gets tired mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And that's why, no matter how you're wired, you need God to give you the strength to truly sustain you through long periods of time. Matter of fact, a lot of times we get weary because we've trusted in our natural strength too long instead of giving our cares and concerns over to God. And that's the exact reason why you're worn out. Amen? But that's why God tells us, hey, even the youths get weary. <laughs> I'm 52 years old. You best believe that I'm going to get a lot more weary than I was at 20. Amen? And I like to think that i <laughs> just as vibrant as them. But the reality is 32 years of wear and tear on this body. <laughs> so I had to be wiser and say, hey, sometimes I got to say, God, you got this, and I'm going to go lay down. Amen? That takes us to our next point. It is not your job to carry stress. 
I see all y'all with your job titles. <laughs> Some of the job titles that we carry. <laughs> and I've heard, for instance, with Tony, I'm not, I'm not picking on you, you're just teasing. But I've heard some of the stuff that Tony deals with her job as, as a counselor. But it's the difference between her being a counselor and then being counselor slash burden barrier, stress carrier of all the people. Amen. You know, it's quite a difference. You know, me at my job, you know, uh, the senior w- developer and project lead. It's the difference between that senior programmer, developer, or project manager and project lead slash burden carrier, stress carrier carrier that's not my job amen god did not define any of us to have job title slash stress bearer or personal name brian fox slash stress bearer last time i checked he's supposed to be a burden remover saver burden removing savior amen so why are we giving ourselves a job or an uh, uh, an employment opportunity that God did not call for any of us to carry. But yet, if you really look at our lives, some of us are doing that. I'm weighed down. Well, what's your problem? Well, I don't really have a problem. Everything's actually going good for me. But Cousin Joe and Sister Susie, I may have somebody, I have somebody I call from time to time, not defining the name or anything. I have somebody I call from time to time. And I literally have to pray before I call the person. And that's a shame. Because I really want to just call in and check and show love. And Jesus said, I haven't forgotten about you and things like that. But it's, it's a burden. I have to call. You know, I have to pray before I call. And a lot of times I call on my drive home so I don't have to lie. <laughs> I, have a fifth, I have like a 20-minute commute home. So instead of me calling from the house... Because the person's going to go on and on and on about, oh, I'm worried about this person. I'm worried about that person. And, oh, this is what's going on with this person. And, oh, so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you're all up in the mix of this stuff. How can you? I even said it one time, nicely. But I was like, how can you get yourself straight when every time I call you, as soon as you say hello, it's like hello, and then let me tell you about this one and that one and this one and that one and this one. And, and how are you going to get well? we all up in their mess. Stay out of their mess, which based upon what you tell me is self-induced, and heal thyself, physician. Amen? Had a person tell me one time, oh, I'm so stressed out, I'm overwhelmed. I said, hey, you been doing your Bible study? Oh, oh, well, that thing's gathering dust on my table here. I'm sitting right in front of it. Okay, so you wonder why you're stressed. It's literally sitting right there in front of you at the table, and you say to me, it's gathering dust. But then you wonder why you're stressed out and overwhelmed. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, feel sorry for me. And I'm not saying he doesn't, but from a humanistic perspective, I guess, why should I feel sorry for you when the remedy to your situation is sitting right there and you refuse to pick it up, dust it off, open up, and read it? And that might be an extreme example, but the reality is this happens all the time. Oh, why am I so stressed out? Why am I so overwhelmed? Well, are you taking the cure? If you're sick and you go to the doctor and he gives you a prescription and you don't go to the drugstore and fill it and your sickness goes into a greater sickness and then you get admitted to the hospital, are you going to get mad at the doctor because, see, your medicine didn't heal me? Well, I, I called the pharmacy and they said you never got the prescription. Oh, well, just because you prescribed it didn't mean I had to take it. That's crazy, doctor. I'm in the hospital now. But did you take the medication? No. But you're sicker now. Yeah. But why do you got a problem with me? Because you're supposed to get me well. But I prescribed your cure. (laughs) It sounds crazy, the logic of what I'm saying. But spiritually, it happens every single day. Jesus Christ says, my word is health to all your flesh. The word of God says that out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaks. And it talks about the issues of life flowing out of us. Amen. And he talks about the joy of the Lord being our strength. He talks about being 
the balm of Gilead. He talks about all these different things, the, the sword of the spirit, the word of God is discerning the thoughts of the, in the hearts of people. And, it, and it, it cuts down to the joints and the marrow and it basically cuts out the things that are cancerous and it helps plant in the things that are um, nurturing and, and curative. Amen. But yet, if we don't do the things of the word of God, we're going to the great physician, Jesus Christ, saying, why didn't you heal me? And he says, I prescribed a cure. My word, prayer, commitment to me. But then we go back to physician all the time. Why didn't you cure me yet? You're not taking the pills. <laughs> not taking the pills. So a lot of times we're carrying stuff that we shouldn't be carrying, and we're not taking the prescribed remedy that Jesus Christ gave us to take the burden off of us. Amen? So like I said, it's not your job to carry stress. We see here, Psalm fifty-five twenty-two: Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord. You realize, of course, that Jesus Christ is powerful enough to carry all of our burdens. That phrase, cast down, in the underlying Hebrew, means to throw down, to hurl, or to toss something at somebody or onto something. Now, I don't want to, I'm respectful. I don't want to think about myself going before Jesus on the throne in heaven and saying, here's my problems, my trials and tribulations, and tossing them at them. That's just, I'm not going to be that disrespectful. So I try to look at it from another perspective. I look at Jesus Christ as the one that carries all of our burdens. And just imagine Jesus being in front of us. He says, I'm carrying the weight of all the people that I sacrificed myself for. Amen? And him sitting there with this big, you know, monstrous pile of all people's anxieties and sins and, and, and negative attitudes and temptations and sicknesses and diseases. And he's carrying all that burden. He's perfectly willing and able to do it. And let's say he went past every person and everybody was throwing the stuff on his shoulders so he could carry it. And yet he goes back past you and instead of you saying, I'll put it on so he could dispose of it, I'll keep mine. That's basically what we're doing a lot of times when we're not casting our cares upon Jesus. He said, I'm perfectly willing and able and capable of carrying all your burdens, but yet you refuse to take them. I just thought of a, a perfect uh, analogy. In our house, we throw out our trash every Thursday. So the truck comes up, gets our trash, gets our recyclables, and takes it out of here. Not quite as concerned about the recyclables because that's empty bottles. But, you know, if they were to come by and not take our trash, and then they left that a week, and then we piled up another week's worth, and they came by and didn't take our trash and left. Actually, you don't need no multiple weeks. After one week, especially going that second week, by the time they come around again, you got a stench in front of your home. Jesus says, give me all your trash. Give me all your burdens. I'm coming by. I'm visiting you. I want to take all your stuff off of you, all that garbage, and dispose of it. But yet, he visits you day after day after day, and you're holding on to it. Guess what? You're holding on to a stench. Amen? It's stinking up the place. God says, I want to take the burden. I want to alleviate the weight. I want to take that garbage, that trash out of your life, and yet we hold on to it. And then we wonder, like, why am I overwhelmed? You're overwhelmed with the stench of the stuff you're holding on to. Let it go. Amen? Put out the trash, in other words. Toss that trash out and let Jesus dispose of it. <laughs> Amen? Let him take the burden. Amen? He'll take the burden, and he can dispose of it, and it's not even a stench. <laughs> it's an aroma, the fragrance of eternity surrounding him. Amen? Hallelujah. And thank God there's no big junkyards up in heaven. He disposes of it and it's gone. He consumes it. Amen. Totally consumes it. Thank God. So it is not our job to carry stress. He says here, cast your burdens upon me. And don't think about any of your burdens. I used to be bad about this when I was young in the Lord. If I had a major situation, I'd take it to the Lord quickly. But if it was something smaller, I would just keep it. I said, I can't bother him with that. But who are you, or who was I at the time, 
to define what is big and small. And really, if you think about it, sometimes what I might think is small, Jesus Christ might look at it and say, it's small now, but boy, is that thing going to grow if you don't deal with it. See, we don't have the wisdom to know what is big or small. So we might as well play it safe and say, hey, take it all. Take it all before it grows, before it gets a stench about it, before it builds up and it becomes a stronghold or bigger problem in my life. We don't need to quantify and calculate and ponder and analyze it. Just give it to him. Amen? Keep it simple. Just give it to him. He's the one that knows how to dispose of it. He's the one that knows what's important. Amen? And then another thing, too, is I, I used to think sometimes when I was younger in the Lord, like, oh, if I go praying about me all the time, that's selfish. I'm supposed to be selfless. I'm supposed to think and pray for everybody else, just like Jesus Christ was selfless, and he took care of everybody else. And I remember one day I was praying, and the Lord's like, you got to stop praying for everybody else all the time and present your stuff. You're important to me, too. I care when you're hurting. So it's nice that you're willing to come and forget yourself and pray about this sick person and that person is struggling and that person needs a job and this person's marriage is breaking up. It's, it's nice for you to do that, but I need you to bring your stuff as well because one of the things I want to use you for is to minister to other people. So if you're burdened down and just praying for them and I need you to go out and minister to them, but you're carrying burdens, you're not as effective to minister to them as well. So it's a twofold thing. One, he loves you enough that he wants you to give him your stuff but number two, he wants to take that weight off so you're at liberty to be as effective as you can be to ministers to others. Amen? So it is not your job to carry stress. He paid the price on Calvary and proclaimed that his work in redeeming and saving your life is finished. So are you going to live out your life as if the victory has been achieved or are you going to hold on to various things? Let's see what Jesus Christ himself says. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he tells us, take our burdens off ourselves and present them to him. All you who that labor and are heavy laden. You're feeling the burden? You're feeling stressed out? You're feeling a weight upon you? Once again, it's not your job to hold on it or decide what you can release and what you cannot. He says, I want you to come unto me and present it to me. And he says, what does he say? I will give you rest. If you're feeling stressed out all the time, most likely it's because you have not gone to him to get the rest that he has made available for you. So it's very easy. Stop trying to be your own burden-removing self-savior. And instead, present your cares over to him and let him do that work for you. I mean, we've tried enough and, quite frankly, failed miserably. Or maybe you've done a good job. Me? I failed miserably. So I'll say me. I failed miserably in being my own stress reliever and burden-remover. And when I got to the place where I said, you know what? Throw in the towel. I surrender. You got it. All of a sudden, stuff lifted off. And I wasn't, once again, I wasn't being selfish. I wasn't thinking like, hmm, I got this myself. I was really just like, well, my life, I'll try to, to, to serve others and worry about others. And, and, and you know, he said, no, you got to worry about you. You're you killing yourself. So you need to take a step back, hand some stuff over to me, and stop trying to carry that burden yourself. As soon as I started doing that, man, stuff started lifting off. Because it got to the point, I was starting, like, stress out, heart racing sometimes, feeling anxious, like, like I'm, you know, getting agitated even in my natural body. I was like, whoa, I can't keep living like this. So I'm not telling you something. I'm not being critical or mean spirit or looking down like I'm better than you. I'm talking about some stuff I done been through recently. Amen? Where stuff was on me, where it started manifesting in the natural. So... We all can go through places where we're doing this wrong in terms of handling stress. Amen. We need to give it over to God and let Jesus do his perfect work. Hallelujah. So if you're continually feeling stressed out, you probably haven't fully submitted your anxiety to the Lord. Or you've presented them to him, but you've continued to pick them up or 
carry them. So you may have given a portion. Oh, Lord, um, please alleviate this. But the whole time, well, I'm still holding on to my involvement, my being a worry wart, my looking at it all the time and examining this. No, give it to him. Let him handle it. Amen. Because he promises that if we present our burdens to him, he will alleviate the work, the weight, and provide us rest through our storms. We see here that he does want us to place our stress into his hands. Philippians 4, 6-7, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So we need to give them. He says in here, be careful for nothing. He didn't say be careful or cautious about the stuff you choose to be careful about. He says, be careful for nothing. In other words, you're not supposed to treat one thing differently than another thing and assume that I'm okay with this, but okay, that's the one I ought to worry about and give to him. No, he says, be careful for nothing. Like you need to give all the things over to him. Don't put them on different scales of difficulty or anxiety or um, different levels of how they will afflict you or cause you problems. No, don't pick and choose what should be presented to God. Let him be aware of all your concerns so that he can provide you peace, as we see here, that surpasses the heaviness associated with any trial or tribulation you're enduring. He says he will give you peace. That passes all understanding. You'll be sitting there yourself. I don't understand how I'm so peaceful about this. Because it's a supernatural thing that he just does it. You're like, I don't even know how I'm calm. Somehow I am. Ooh, that feels good. How am I so calm? (laughs) You'd be fooling yourself. Like, wow. (laughs) But it's because it's a supernatural thing that he could do in your life. Amen? Um, I wrote it down. You can just put this down for later. Stress does not give us the right to spread it to others or to mistreat others. Romans 12, 17 to 18 covers that. Romans 12, 17 and 18. And then you can write down Ephesians 6, 5 through 9. Ephesians 6, 5 through 9. Because I want to move on to the next point, which is how do you handle stress? In Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. So we see here one of the key ways of handling stress. It says, do not let the book of the law depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day in and day out, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Well, it's very hard for the book of the law to be in your mouth if it's not first in your mind and your heart. So that shows us that we have our own uh, involvement, our own requirement in terms of being stress-free. We have to get the Word of God into ourselves so that when stressful situations occur, we can produce out of our mouth faith-filled expressions that will help counteract the stress, that will help alleviate any conflict that is in the situation, that will also do proclamations of faith of what God can do and what, who God is in my life to counteract the devices of the enemy as well as what uh, people and even our own flesh would do. And he says here that if you do these things, you know, observe to do what is in the Word of God. You know, is our stress due to us doing things that are contrary to the Word of God? We have to examine that. Is it because of attitudes that are contrary to the Word of God? We got to examine that. You know, if these things are causing our stress, then it's very easy. And even, even as Pam talked about earlier, if certain things keep coming your way and you analyze, you need to look at yourself and examine yourself to say, is there something in me that is, a, is causing the attacks to come my way? 
Is there a door that I am opening? Is there something I'm currently doing that I should not be doing? We have to all examine that and say, is this the cause of the things that are coming my way? Then there's certain things that might be generational. You know, some stuff you didn't cause. This is just down your family tree. But you don't have to sit there and just accept it like, oh, well, everybody in my family died early. You know, we all have heart disease. Okay, well, just sit there and die then. You're going to do that? I mean, come on. If you have heart disease, first of all, in the natural, you need to eat right. And then in the spiritual, you need to say, no, the buck stops here. My life and my death is based upon Jesus Christ. And when he says, I have done, you know, and fulfilled my purpose. I'm not going to go down just because everybody in my family died early. No, not so. The buck stops here. I'm pro- proclaiming the word of God and said, I shall live and I shall not die. Amen. He will sustain me as long as he has a purpose for me to be here. Amen. And that's why, you know, it needs to be in our heart, it needs to be in our minds, and it needs to be coming out of our mouth that we don't just yield to all the different things. And if it's something that we struggle in that's tempting us, we don't just lay down and say, okay, well, it always, attempted, it always tempted me and always defeated me and always led me astray, so I try and I just give up. No, just because you fell once a thousand times, it doesn't matter. You keep fighting that fight of good faith. Keep proclaiming the word of God, amen, and saying, God, you're going to give me victory over it this time. And I don't have to necessarily say, okay, I got total victory over it forever. Sometimes we think too big. Sometimes something is a process. So we can thank God in the shorter victories, amen. The enemy came after me today with this. I proclaimed his word. He kept me out of trouble. Thank you, Jesus. That's a victory. Day two, when it comes around again, Lord, I need you again. And maybe after a while, you will find that it no longer has power over you. But sometimes I think we need, we have the mindset, oh, I, I studied the word, I recited the scripture, or I prayed, how did I get defeated? Well, you just got to work through it more. <laughs> Amen? Don't throw in the towel. We throw in the towel too easy. Sometimes we need to just keep going back to God and letting him work that out in us. Amen? Hallelujah. So we need to meditate on the word day in and day out. Psalm 16, 8 and 9. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. So do we set the Lord before us or do we set our problems before us? Amen. What is in your vision? What is first and foremost in your mind? That's basically what it's asking us. If you put the Lord first, he tells us according to his word that he makes our heart glad. How can you be stressed out if your heart is glad? And it says your glory rejoices and your flesh rests in hope. So if we are putting God foremost in our heart and mind, if God is at our right hand, stress will not overwhelm us. A lot of times you'll find that if stress is coming on us that we're probably not in his presence enough or we're not reciting the word or doing the word effectively enough and we have to step it up in those areas. Amen. You know, like I said, in a situation, I start feeling a certain amount of stress coming on. As I f- kept looking at it, I finally saw, like, the areas in which I had allowed myself to get outside of the word. I'm not talking about open sin, but sometimes just in the attitude of how I related to different things or situations as they occur. Amen? So we sometimes got to make adjustments or repent of something. It may not be this big, major, monstrous sin. It might be just something's... You, you, you did, or you said, or maybe you murmured and complained, or maybe you just had the wrong attitude, and you might have to go back to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry, and the next time around, I'll handle it better, and then you feel the weight coming off because you handled the situation better the next time around. So it's not always this big, grievous stronghold of sin. Sometimes it's just the little adjustments we need to make to our life on a daily basis. Um, you can write down Hebrews 4, 1 through 11. It talks about us finding a rest in God. And it says that he's made a, a rest available for each one of us. It says that God himself rested after the seventh day, after he had completed all the work of creation. And he says he's made a rest available for you and I, but it says according to the word there that we have to labor to stay in that rest and to be in the rest that he provided us. If you're not in God's place of rest, then you need to fight and labor to get in there. <laughs> And once you're in there, don't sit there letting every trial, tribulation coming your way pull you out into the land of stress again. No, you need to fight to stay in that place of peace and rest in God. Sometimes we spend too much time fighting people. He said, no, don't fight the people. Fight to keep your rest. Fight to keep yourself stress-free. Instead, just allowing them to get you off course and all out of, 
off kilter and all flipping out and nail biting and hair falling out and going gray. Amen? Fight to stay in your place of rest in God. So this is a spiritual fight, not an emotional or physical fight. Fight to retain the peace of God. That's the thing. You could be sitting there and the people might be saying like, man, they used to, I, I used to push their button and they would say something smart back. They're just sitting there because you're fighting. So you might be fighting in your spirit like, Lord, you know, meditating upon the scripture. You know, your word says live peaceably, as much as possible, live peaceably with all men. So therefore, I could say something. I feel like saying something, Lord, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut. That's fighting. That's engaging in a warfare. That's spiritual warfare. Amen? So they might think you're weak. They might think you're soft. Oh, I scared and intimidated. Oh, I shut them up. They had nothing to say. And they could think that. That's fine. They have their own reward. You can get your reward in God by keeping yourself quiet and having a contrite spirit. That's spiritual warfare, amen? And it's a victory in Jesus Christ that blesses you, even though they might think, oh, yeah, I showed them up. Well, let them think they showed you up, amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, last scripture, God's promise, hallelujah, when we handle stress properly. And there's a lot of them, amen? Um, Next one. There we go. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So we see here, blessed is the man or woman, of course, that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. God says, if you trust in me, don't let this stress overwhelm you and people overwhelm you, and you continue to trust on me. He basically says, you'll be like a tree, amen, planted by the waters. The closer a tree or any plant is to a water source, source the greater the root system underneath. So those, roots will, they'll say, those roots will start absorbing water, and when the plant realizes, like, I can't take in as much as the moisture is available, it'll actually grow the roots even further. And it's just like a reciprocal process. Oh, more moisture available. I need more roots. Grow roots. Okay, absorbing more water. Absorbing more water and nutrients. Oh, tree grows bigger. Oh, tree's bigger and needs more nourishment. Not enough nourishment. Grow the roots. <laughs> it's like they keep rebuilding upon each other. Amen? So your spiritual root system will grow greater as you get more to the presence of the Lord and absorb his nutrients. Amen? Hallelujah. He'll sustain you. He'll ground you. Amen. One of the things I like about the bigger trees that have been around for hundreds of years, they have a real strong foundation and a great root system, and it's very hard to dig them up. Amen. And a hurricane can come by, and those trees, if the ground doesn't get too wet and make the. When a tree topples in a storm like that, it's not because the tree is weak, it's because the saturation of water in the ground makes it so soft that the tree's weight causes it to topple over. Amen. So, hey, we know that God's ground is always going to be stable. We don't have to worry about that. So we can just get ourselves planted by the, the, in the pre- Lord's presence like a tree, and he will root us deep and strong. And no matter what the storms of life are that come our way, he'll prevent us from toppling over. Amen. That's the thing that's greater about what the Lord does with us than in nature itself. God will prevent us from toppling over. God knows exactly the amount of nourishment you need. And we see here that as you plant yourself solidly in the uh, a foundation in God, amen, it says that even though it may be hidden at the bottom in the root system, the stability in your life, it's outwardly expressed in how it blossoms. Look at that. It spreadeth out her roots by the river, so her leaf shall be green, amen, and even in a year of drought, of, of drought shall not cease from yielding fruit. You get yourself in the presence of the Lord, even in a drought season, God says, I'll make you fertile, well-nourished, and everybody will be able to see how prosperous and green you are. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen? Hallelujah. Alleviating stress. Hallelujah. As only he can. God could definitely do it. I'm going to just do a closing prayer. As it relates to stress, amen, if um, you need special prayer, just let me know, um, and I'll pray for you. But um, we just believe in God, hallelujah, there's any stress that we've been dealing with, that he will alleviate it from our lives, amen? 
Heavenly Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we praise and thank you, Lord. Hallelujah for everything you're doing in our lives. And we just praise you, Father, that if there's been stress in our lives, Father, that we have not handled effectively, Lord. First of all, we repent if we fail to present it to you properly, Lord. We thank you right now, Father, that as we will come before you, Lord, and present our cares upon you and allow you to take them off our hands, we praise and thank you, Father, that we will receive, hallelujah, full healing, hallelujah, that we will hear your wisdom, we will feel your comfort, Lord, and that you will give us wisdom from on high, hallelujah, to walk free of any burdens. And we thank you, Father, that no longer will we allow the enemy to sift us as wheat and try to undermine us and overwhelm us with stress. But, Father, you would give us peace. And it may not mean that the problem ends today, but we praise and thank you, Father, as we would place our mind upon you and your word and meditate upon it and proclaim it as well as live according to it, that we would start seeing strongholds and trials and tribulations um, destroyed in our lives and the manifestation of your healing, your peace, and your prosperity to flow in our lives. And we just thank you, praise you, Father, for this. Thank you also, Father, as we were coming to um, a cross paths with people that are also struggling with stress. Use us to speak into their hearts and minds so that we can help them walk in peace as well and use these situations to lead them to Christ to divine healing restoration and salvation and we thank you father for this in Jesus name we pray amen